When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Glover's Talk, Somerset Live's weekly podcast discussing all things Yeovil Town Football Club. I'm your host, as always, Liam Trim, and joining me this week is our sports reporter, Stephen Dowiak. Hi, Liam. And Mike Taylor. Hello. Thanks for join- tuning in, guys. Uh, don't forget to check out somersetlive.co.uk forward slash sport for all the latest Yeovil Town news and content. That includes interviews with Darren and the players and looking ahead to fixtures coming up and, and match reports and all of that jazz. And also you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Audio Boom. Just search for Glover's Talk. So we've got a surprisingly upbeat mood today. We're recording this on February the 6th, 2018, and Yeovil Town have won the last two games, which is excellent news because after the excitement of the FA Cup tie against Manchester United and all that glamour coming down to Somerset, I guess there was the concern that uh, Yeovil's heads had been turned and they might uh, let the ball drop in the league. And my word, they were just poised just above the relegation mm. zone. They needed to pick up some points and they've done just that. So, Stephen, you've been at these last two games where Yeovil haven't even conceded a goal in these two matches. They haven't, no. It's been and a great week. Yeah, so it was 5-0 on aggregate last two games, isn't it? Yeah, and I think for the way they're playing at the moment, I don't think uh, there'd be too many bets against that sort of pattern of form continuing. It might be dangerous words, but no, I, I've been really, really impressed with them the last two games. Just yeah, remind the listeners of, of the last two results. Yeah, so um, first of all, I played Grimsby on Tuesday night, and it was a convincing 3-0 win, albeit against nine men, but they still had to get the job done, and they did that well. And then... Um, Saturday, which particularly impressed me because for a lot, of, a lot of the game, they didn't really play that well. Cambridge were the better team, it's fair to say, for a lot of that game. But we saw Yeovil do something which we haven't seen from them for a while, I don't think, which is they found a way to grind out the result. They they um, worked two goals very well indeed and um, got a 2-0 win at the end of it. And now as we stand, they are seven points above the um, bottom two. And um, it's beginning to create a nice buffer between them and the teams below them. And of course, coming up this week are two really, really important games against Crew and Barnett who are both below them in the table. So there is that opportunity for them if they continue to perform how they have been to um, increase that gap further. Absolutely. So yeah, just to remind listeners, we've got Yeovil Town in 18th now, which feels a lot better than when they were just poised just one place above the relegation zone before these last two fixtures. Uh, they're on 34 points uh, and they've played 30 matches. And if you look at the two in the relegation slots, it's Chesterfield at the moment. In the 23rd position in League 2, they've played 31 matches, so Yeovil have even got a game in hand on them, and they're on 27 points, so like you say, that 7-point gap, and Barnet are sitting rock bottom, they're on 22 points, but they have played 30 games like Yeovil, but it looks like, Stephen, Barnet are sort of the ones being cut adrift, and maybe there's one slot going to be left. I would think so, and I think that's why the game against uh, them next Tuesday is huge, because if Yeovil beat Barnet and put another three points on them, I think it's almost impossible for Barnet to catch them then, and it yeah. will then be down to whether there's that second team that Yeovil can get themselves in front of, and I think at the moment they're doing all the right things. It is worth remembering that Yeovil's running and final six games on paper look really, really tough, so they do need to get a buffer now. I reckon if they need to probably get a, a ten-point buffer just to be you know, mm. comfortable and confident that they'll be able to do it with 10 games to go. If they can do that, I'd be more than 
I'm confident that they can do that. And then if they can end the season strongly, it sets them up and going into next season well mm. because they've got a lot of players under contract, which hasn't mm. always been the case. Yeah. I think it's 13 of the current squad are under contract. So it, this season, you know, hasn't been great. You know, it's not been the best season. You know, fans would have wanted more at the start from what they're doing. But if they can end the season well, they you know, have had good runs in the FA Cup and the Czechic Trade Trophy, it will set them up nicely for next season where I would expect that things could be much, much better for them. Is it a case, not to throw, just to throw your question out there, is it a case that possibly now the FA Cup's out of the way, now they can concentrate on the league, that their home form and league form's improving, possibly? I think I think for a large part they've they've shown glimpses of what they've been capable of in a lot of games mm. this season, but they haven't been producing many performances over ninety minutes. I mean a perfect example would be the Morecambe game where they went away, mm. went two 0 up in the first half, were really, really impressive. Looked like they could have had four or five and then when Morecambe got that goal back, the team just folded and we haven't you know, we've just it's been almost Jekyll and Hyde like really in the way that they performed, is that mm. they haven't been able to string those results together. I think the Games against Grimsby and Cambridge were vital. It was vital that Yeovil got something mm. out of both of those games. They've got two really good wins, and now that gives them the platform going forward to really build. Because I would say, you know, forget Manchester United, forget any of the cup games. The next two games after the Fleetwood game tonight are the most important of Yeovil's season. Oh, because if they can beat Crew and Barnet, then they just increase the gap between teams below them even further. It leaves them high on confidence, and. If they hit a run of what are tougher games on paper, full of confidence and you know scoring goals, winning games, then that can see them through for the rest of the season as well. And um, I think that's what they need to do. They, they, they all, all the groundwork has been done. They, they're in a position now where if they keep playing the way they are, they can really push up the table and um, look to get as high up the table as they can. And um, I think if they end the season well, then that leaves everybody on a high. Absolutely. And you mentioned that, um the Crew and Barnet games obviously crucial because they're below Yeovil in the league. But in the same way, as you said as well, that the Cambridge and Grimsby games they were important because you look at where Yeovil were before these two matches and they were sort of adrift of these two teams. And Grimsby they're now just two points ahead of Yeovil in one place, and Cambridge are only only four points ahead and uh, just a few places as well. And it looks like you know, like you say, if they can keep building, that they'll start to overtake these teams. Yeah, and, and look the, up the table. Yeah, and that is important because you really, you really are seeing them begin to drag those teams that are above them back towards them. And I mean, mm. Grimsby are a perfect example because they're about to win, I think, in 11 games. And I think they drew on Saturday with Cheltenham. And that means they've, it's four points in those 11 games. And so they're, they're in free fall. So if you're able to begin to overtake these teams, it's mm. very difficult then if you're in Grimsby's position and you see teams coming past you to pick yourself back up and climb back up the table again. So the more teams the Oval can put between them and that 23rd place, the more points they can put between them and that 23rd place, the, the less the relegation becomes a worry and the more they can really look forward to ending the season strongly because mm. it doesn't matter if you're, you know, eight, nine points clear. If there is, if there, if you're 22nd, then there's always that greater risk that you can mm. be caught and you, you want to get as far away from that danger zone as you can and make sure that that's not even a concern going into the final few games, which hasn't been the case for a long time now for Yeovil. And Mike, as a football fan, you know, it's just reassuring mm. to see your club beating the teams in and around them, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think as a, I think as a Yeovil fan, uh, if you're a Yeovil fan, I think you'll be very concerned about the prospect of relegation. Um, and I think in the league particularly, for Yeovil fan especially, it has been a case of missed opportunities. And you think that, I think, Stephen, you might have done an article last week about this, but it has... Yeah. Uh, you know, had Yeovil had um, taken a chance or held on, they could have been mid-table. I, I didn't do an article on it in the end, but I did. I did. Oh, right. I, did I did work out work it out. But I mean, Yeovil, if you um, if you take oh, yeah. out, if you um, I, I changed four of Yeovil's results, yeah. which I think were fair to change given the, mm. the manner in which they lost or 
I think it may have been one draw in there as well. Presumably it was the Morecambe game, was in yeah, yeah, both yeah. the Morecambe games <laughs> where they've lost two goal leads in both of those games, yeah. one a draw, one a win. I um I changed the Forest Green loss where they blew a two goal lead yeah. into a win, and I changed the um, Chesterfield defeat into a draw because you're taking a account the way you overall lost that game. It was a mm. series of horrendous errors that, mm. that cost him in that game. Um, and I worked it out that Yeovil would be in, I think, 13th place and they would be uh, 18 points above the drop zone. And that, yeah. 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 And they'd only be eight points off the playoffs. So really, in the form that they're in, they, it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility. Pro- probably an outside shot, but mm. it would still be a possibility that they oh, could yeah. go for the playoffs. And it does go to show just what difference, you know, three or four results can make you know mm. to your season mm. and um, that's why it's so important that Yeovil will now mm. look like they're beginning to find that consistency because you string mm. a few wins together you oh, shoot really right off that table it's a game of fine margins yeah. isn't it yeah. and relegation doesn't even become a concern for you yeah of course and, and, and I think obviously we've spoken about, uh, quite a length for the past few weeks about how difficult it is to get our national league we've mm. seen teams fall down there and just struggle to get back out uh, Lincoln, for example, they took it took six years and a really good and really good management for them to actually get out. Yeah, and only back into you know football league, and and I think that sort of comes to comfort for really for your town fans. The fact that you got back to back wins, um, you know, two w- very winnable games coming up, and you're thinking, well, if you can win these games and sort of turn those losses into draws, yeah, you can get yourself in the round possibly mid table and then sort of build on that really because there's there's a lot of promises. Signs in the overall towns squad the moment, yeah, but, but it just needs that, But that yeah. is a great point you make about the national league because you know we all know we've discussed it before on the podcast. Yeah, yes. It's not a secret that Mike Taylor is an Arsenal fan, mm. and last year in the FA Cup, Lincoln were still in the national league, weren't they? And they yeah. they gave Arsenal a decent sort of yeah. game, yeah. the same that a football and, league side would. But and yet yeah. they you know they they're a good team mm. and they they hadn't yet and obviously they did at the end of last season they got out of it in the end but that just shows that there is quality in the national league the only thing that i would say as a word of caution maybe to yeovil fans listening because stephen reminded me there mentioning forest green i think they have picked up a bit as we predicted after yeah. the transfer window they've had a brilliant so transfer window there is some there are yeah. teams above yeovil um, sorry below yeovil still mm. yeah they are likely to rise behind them as well yeah i think com- complacency you know they can't get complacent yeah. you know that that is a key thing they just have to keep working and performing the way that they have been in the last few games and that that's the really important thing it would be a real shame if they were to take the ball in these next two games yeah. and drop points again because they've done a lot of good work in the last few weeks to get themselves out of the position they were in. They cannot afford to let themselves drop yeah. back into it because then you really are then, you know, in a position where it does become a concern going mm. into those final few games because the running is so tough. So that's the wider, bigger relegation picture. Let's talk about the nuts and bolts of these two wins then because... What is it? Because, we again, we've discussed it on Glover's Talk, this podcast, for many weeks now that Yeovil have always had a forward threat this season. And, again, if you watch the highlights of these two games against Cambridge and Grimsby, and even the Cambridge game where you're saying Yeovil weren't the better side, they've still had chances on the break yeah. and they've still created two good goals. Yeah. What was different, do you think, Stephen, in these games where they've managed to grind out two clean sheets? Yeah, well, I think they, they had to ride their luck a little bit. And I think, you know, it's fair to say that because Cambridge should have scored at least two of the chances they created before right. Yeovil had one. But they were very, very good. You know, they, they did restrict Cambridge to mostly half chances for a lot of the game. Um, Nathan Smith was immense. You know, Elmer Wimney is continuing to improve in that other central defensive role. And I think as a unit, they're just beginning to look much more cohesive and much more at ease sort of playing with each Is other. Is it the Cambridge game where they've, uh, they sort of set each other up for a goal? Was that the Cambridge game? Yeah, that yeah. was, yeah. And of course, Not you know, superb. Smith. You know, Swimney rising up there at the back, yeah. heading across yeah. to Smith. And a volley with his 
right foot, and anyone who's seen Nathan Smith will know he's probably the most left-footed player in the Yeovil <laughs> team. Yeah. So for him to put, get a connection like that on it and put it into a bottom it's a lovely like goal. It that, the way it, it was superb, and, uh, and it's great because it's one of the real bugbears I've had with watching Yeovil for many years now. Is I, I've lost count of a number of times. Yeovil have played well. They've had chances against teams. They've not taken them, mm. and then they've been punished and they've lost the game. It's really, really pleasing to see. Yes, the over were under a cost for a lot of the game. Yes, it wasn't their best performance, but they rode, they rode it out. They weathered the storm, and then when the chances did come to them later in the game, they took them and they made sure that they got the three points. And um, that's exactly the sort of um, thing you need to be doing. You know, the, the hallmark of a good team is not playing well and winning; it's finding a way to grind out results when you're not playing well. And you know, the best teams find a way to do that. And um, it's really, you know, encouraging. I think that the oval weren't playing well. I think if that game had been two or three months ago, they would have lost that game, probably 1-0, something like that. But they found a way to just, they kept playing in the way, they kept creating chances and eventually they got the reward for it. No, you're dead right because I remember that's something uh, growing up. I remember they'd always said about Sir Alex Ferguson's Manchester United sides, you know, they'd, they'd be in the hunt for titles and trophies because they'd win ugly. And and you're right, yeah. it's, it's, a, yeah, yeah. it's a trait teams need to learn, isn't it? And probably one that Arsenal fans wish they did a bit more often. They seem to only win when they're playing oh. beautiful, slick football. Is that is that uh, is that a bit of banter there? A little bit of banter, but I <laughs> thought I was quite tame there. With yeah, you were very tame in all fairness. And in all fairness to Arsenal, uh, Mike, uh, they, they they look scintillating with Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan. Oh exactly. yes, I mean I've managed to catch uh, a bit of highlights unfortunately because yeah. unfortunately I was out of the country this weekend. Oh so. yeah, Mike's popped off to Amsterdam. Yes. Visited Ajax. Yes, so I went to Ajax. The home of total football. Yes, I went to Amsterdam Arena, uh, which is. Absolutely stunning venue. How really. does that, how does the Amsterdam Arena compare to Hewish Park, Mike? Oh, be careful what you say here. Well, <laughs> for one thing, it's red and not green. There you well, go. There's a one comparison for you. Well, I prefer a stadium to not have a lid, as my girlfriend put it, a roof over it. And I like lid. a nice open, a nice open football ground yeah. there. Ajax, um, Ajax is there. Amsterdam Arena. They got you can have a, a retractable roof. Oh, nice. very fancy, wow. but. Uh, no, I think I've, I I am experiencing much day experience at uh, Amsterdam Arena, but I'm sure it would be up there. But um, you know, do they do pasties? Do they do hot food? It's nothing quite like home, is there, Mike? No, exactly. No, I mean it's very humble beginnings at at uh, Hewish Park. Nothing, when you, yeah. But when you go, but, but when you go to Amsterdam, it's uh, you know the arena. It looks like a spaceship. For goodness' sake, have you seen it? You've no, been? I've not been. Not been. Not well, to you the went arena. to Amsterdam the other month. I you know, but see? I didn't pop out to see the football stadium. No, you should have gone on a stadium tour. So only about yeah. fifteen euros. Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. There's yes. a holiday tip. We we don't just do football chat here. Holiday tips. And try well. and get a ticket, which I failed to do so, but there oh, you go. Unlucky. I think well, I saw your advice out the window now, <laughs> mate. <laughs> well, we, can re- we can recommend restaurants, but I don't think we can recommend... Yeah, well, we know yeah. we know I recommended you a good restaurant, but we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> yes. Obviously, it is nice, though, to travel the world and continue a passion of football elsewhere, but back to, to closer to home and the pasties and the nice, warm, Somerset footballing atmosphere. <laughs> In the um, all the excitement of the visit of Manchester United, Jose Mourinho, Alexis Sanchez, all of that jazz, Stephen, we saw of a couple of um, signings sort of passed us by, really, that Yeovil have made, and I wanted to just talk to you because I know that, that there's some signings made at that sort of time which have seem to have given Yeovil boost in the last couple of games, but also Lewis Wing, who's been here on loan a little bit longer, you wrote a really good piece about how he's been inspired by the likes of Jamie Vardy and he's already making a difference to uh, 
to Yeovil's team despite his background mainly being in the non-league although I know he's on loan from, from Middlesbrough yeah I mean, it's a great story I mean, this time last year he was working in a factory making shower parts and now you know 12 months later he made his first start for Yeovil Town against Manchester United I think yeah. he's a footballing story you know one for the romantic he's scored much better crackers, than that. hasn't he since yeah. he has yeah. I mean you can go you go onto YouTube and, and put in Lewis Wing and you'll get about a three minute showreel of just you know him putting it in the top corner from 30 yards and we've already seen it from him he scored a wonderful goal against um, Chesterfield where he just picked the ball up and plucked it into the top corner mm. out of nowhere I think he's really added something to um, to Yeovil's midfield since he got into the first team mm. and I'd, I'd very much like him to stay there and cement the place there because um, he offers you something different you know he he will he's not afraid to shoot and I don't think Yeovil had somebody who's been willing to take on that shot from mm. 30 yards for a while and I personally I don't mind if somebody has four or five shots you know and, and skies him over the bar but if you know if he gets one right and he puts him in from 30 yards you know over a season you know a player like that can probably get you let's say eight ten goals and um, when you're you know in such a competitive league you know mm. a player like that can make a huge difference to you but it's not just the um it's not just that, you know, his, uh, his shooting ability, you know, he, he's, he's not afraid to play a pass, you know, not everything's come off for him, but, you know, he's he's getting forward, you know, he's trying things and um, he looks a really good prospect. I, I know from when he was, um, when he when he was first loaned here, you know, he I spoke to um, an old colleague of mine who now works up in, um, in Middlesbrough and covers Middlesbrough and he said he's a really, really good talent. He's very highly regarded up there but for just for the step that he made up and he, he stepped up from Shildon which were, were in the Northern League mm. or Northern Premier League last year to um, Middlesbrough in the championship so the step that he's had to make up is enormous and so I think Middlesbrough just wanted him to get a half a season out on loan at a League 2 club somewhere in the football league where he can just learn you know and get up to get up to speed with the environment there and um, and use that to then go back and try to force his way into their team. And I think from the way that he's played so far, if he can continue that form, I, I don't see any reason why he can't at least play at championship level. You know, in, in the future, he's still very raw. You know, he's still young. He's still learning. But you know, I think all the signs are very very good. And um, and like we alluded to, you know, the, um, the the fact that he's come up from non-league, you know, it's uh, it's a pattern that we're seeing more and more of. I think since the uh, you know the, obviously the the big example being Jamie Vardy, but there are a lot of players in non-league who, if given the chance, have a lot to offer. And it's um, it's good to see players like that um, coming through and uh, making an impact on the professional game. Absolutely. And sticking with sort of lovely fairy tale footballing stories, I know one of the other signings, on loan from Southampton, I think he's he's Yeovil born and bred. Yeah, Ryan Seeger. Yeah, he was um, yeah born in Yeovil. Um, he's a Southampton youngster. Um, he was very well regarded in the Southampton um, Academy he was scoring for fun you know two or three years ago I, I do think and uh, he went to Crewe on loan last year and got a pretty bad knee injury which is unfortunately you know I think it may have just held him back a little bit but he's a very talented player he's only had a couple of substitute appearances so far but he came on about half an hour to go against Cambridge you know I, I was impressed with the way he played he was you know he was running into the channels he was trying to create space he's another striker then to yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah he didn't cre- didn't have too many opportunities himself but the way that he, he was moving around he was running around he was sort of drawing the Cambridge defenders sort of out of position and you know it was enabling other players to to create chances so I think that's a good um, facet of his game that he's got and um, I wouldn't be surprised you know give it a few games um that we, we may see him get more of an opportunity there because I mean, he's, he's, he's a very talented player. Um, he's just got to be a little bit patient and I think the, the chances will come for him. And then in our podcast notes, you've highlighted Alex Fisher as another new man who's yeah. made a quick impact. Yeah, I, I think he, uh, his story is just as remarkable. Um, the morning of the Manchester United game, he was um, at home in, um, in Scotland 
and found out that Yeovil wanted to sign him. He drove all the way down from Scotland to Hewish Park on the day of the Manchester United game. And with 20 minutes of that game to go, he came off the bench to make his Yeovil Town debut. I mean, what a what wow. a story that is. Well, I'm surprised and he then, wasn't shattered from that drive. I know. Well, I mean, I, I, I know from having to drive to away games, you know, just how knackering it is. So, goodness knows what it must have been like for him having to... And know, what, what club is it in Scotland? It was Motherwell. Yeah, so I mean, it, was it was a 400 mile yeah. drive he had to do on that day. So yeah. fair play to him. And then, of course, on Saturday, he came off the bench and 30 seconds later, um, he put it he put it in for a second goal. And I, I must apologise here because I said, you know, in the press box, I said to one of my um, media colleagues, I said, um, we came off, I said, oh, it's a bit strange. Why, is, why, is, uh, why are they bringing a striker on? It's 1-0, you know, surely see the game out. And then 30 seconds later, he shut me up. So that's um, me told, clearly. You know, you know, yeah. I will not uh, be passing on any tactical advice to him anytime soon. <laughs> but, wait, but I think it's a great story. And I think he's... Um, He's one of those players who, again, he's had a second chance in the game. He was um, a youngster at Oxford United, got released there, went and joined the Glen Hoddle Academy in Spain and played across Europe. And he played in Belgium, played in Italy and then worked his way back into England. Wow. Then went to Motherwell where it didn't quite work for him, but he looks like, you know, he's, he's been a good addition to the squad here. So hopefully, you know, he's another player who could rebuild his career at Yeovil. Well, I'll tell you what, Stephen, there's some fantastic stories behind those tracks because, you know, obviously sometimes you just see so-and-so has joined this club on loan. But, mm. wow, what a story all of these players have. And sounds like all three of those players are going to uh, are adding something already to Yeovil Town's squad this season. Mm. And let's hope it drives them up the table. Now, obviously, we have a quiz every week. I, I don't know if you wanted to hazard a guess at who I might base it on this week. I've not got a club. Like well, obviously, we've already discussed non-league. And also, Yeovil Town are playing Fleetwood this evening. So, uh, uh, wouldn't this, be Jamie Vardy, would this it? This week's quiz is on Jamie, Jamie Vardy, Vardy, everyone. Well, well, Jamie Vardy. Who By the way, just to our listeners here, Jamie Vardy did once play in non-league. Just if anyone who doesn't know that. Yeah, it's not very that, well so. known in football listeners. But uh, Jamie Vardy did work his way up through the ranks. Yeah. He did. I, I didn't know that. And if you can't detect the sarcasm in our voices, then... Do adjust your sarcasm. I, I, I was being seriously. <laughs> Do adjust your sarcasm settings. Uh, right, okay, so as we know, Stephen does tend to win in the quiz, but Jamie Vardy's a pretty good subject where, where Mike might stand a chance. Well, so, first question How many goals has Jamie Vardy scored for Leicester in the Premier League this season? 12. Wow, Stephen is flying. 12, straight off the bat, and he's got it right. That is good knowledge. I, I Hang on. The- no, 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 just checking. Oh, I was st- looking at the uh, top scorer table for the Prem just yesterday, so... You, no, good. None of them are cheating, listeners. I just checked their, their laptop screen. <laughs> OK, how many goals did Vardy score against Arsenal on the opening day of the season? Oh, two. two. I'm going to give that to Mike. He squeezed it out just in just but just ahead of Stephen. It was a two in a 4-3 loss for Leicester City. Yeah, that was a... That was a hell of an opener to the yeah, season. Yeah, it was. And I was... Lacazette scored as well, didn't he? Yeah, he got... Yeah, he opened the scoring. Um, yeah, it was quite a thrilling game. I remember watching all the highlights because I was yeah. away that, that night thinking, oh, yeah, Arsenal's best. I think we'll win that. But then I saw looked at my phone thinking, oh, for goodness sake. Yeah, well, two, two <laughs> good teams you like to attack, I suppose. Yeah. Right, Vardy's Twitter bio reveals he's an athlete, in, in quotes, with which sportswear... Nike. Oh, Nike. Oh, Stephen was there first, I think. Who was it? Nike. Isn't oh. Oh, gosh. How many goals did Vardy get while at Yeovil Town's opponents tonight, Fleetwood Town? 24. 28. Oh, no, 30. 
six. Hang on, I'm going to have to accept your first answer. And Mike did come in. You said 24 originally. Yeah. Mike then came in with 28. And the answer is 31. Oh. So it, I lost anyway, so it's fine. This is a thriller because it becomes 2-2. Two, two. Mike's got two. Stephen's got two. Deciding question now. And, of course, we've already discussed what Lewis Wing was doing just this time last year. Was it Lewis Wing working in a factory? Yeah. What did Vardy make while he worked in a factory? It was oh, it was metal cars. or something, wasn't it? You've gone for cars, Mike. But yeah. I think I think it was, it was a metal. It was metal related, wasn't it? I, I don't know if he, he's, he's yacked. I've only gone for Sully Hole because uh, he well no I went for Motoro because he went uh, he was with Sully Hole. I'm gonna thingies. stop you both. I don't think I'm gonna give oh, it God. to either of you. We're gonna call it a draw this week. The actual oh. answer is medical splints or equipment. How do you make that? I don't know. I, same I same way you can make sharp parts. Some of it, some of it involves pouring plastic into moulds, I think. I mean, Who's how do I know this, listeners? I have read Jamie Vardy's autobiography, <laughs> which my father bought for me a couple of Christmases ago, and I also considered putting in as a question, what does Vardy think he invented as a drink? You know oh, that? Skittles and vodka. Skittles vodka. Yeah. No way did he do. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. I'm, I, anyone who's no. been to university would, then, the, would, um, would, would then claim they were the ones who invented it. So but, yeah, but, but it's the, uh, the official <laughs> Jamie Vardy autobiography, not the unofficial version on Twitter where had that great story of him feeding Stella to a dog, I'm guessing. You're right, it was, was the official one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the proper, legit one. That's like, good. Well, I might yeah. actually um, defend some of his antics. Because I think the, the audiobook's out on the Audible, and I've got a free, few free well, tokens. I'll tell you what, it is, it is actually, in all, in all fairness, it is an interesting read. Although it's obviously not written by Jamie Vardy. He's had help. Oh, is that? Oh. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about the checker trade because I know it's a much maligned competition and in lots of people don't take it very seriously. But Yeovil Town have taken it very seriously this season and at times that's been worrying for fans because it looks like they've been losing out in the league perhaps because they've taken the checker mm. trade too seriously. But they've got it's a quarter-final, am I right, Stephen, against Fleetwood Town? Yeah. This is, uh, as I say, we're recording this before that Fleetwood Town match. You may well listen to us after that, so apologies. But yeah, we're, we're recording this on February 6th. So, 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 you know, there are positives to this because it's, it's given an opportunity for Yeovil Town to bring down the ticket prices and just give everyone, hopefully, a night out, perhaps people that don't normally come along to the football. I might be going along because I'm tempted by the £6 price tag, yeah. which is much more affordable than a typical Yeovil match. Stephen, is there actually any chance of Yeovil beating Fleetwood and going through, and then it'd just be one match away from Wembley? Am I right? Well, I think um, I think they have every chance. They've beaten Plymouth in League One. They've beaten uh, Wimbledon in League One of this competition. In the FA Cup, they beat Bradford and they beat Southend yeah. both in League One as well. So their record against League One teams is pretty much hundred percent. I think. Yeah. And they're I home, think. Fortress. Yeah, Jewish. they're at home. So. I think they've got every chance. I think now, I, I know the competition is much maligned and I'll be honest, I'm not the greatest supporter of you know the format of the competition, but I think when you get to the stage at Yeovil right now, two wins away from Wembley, really, you know, you've got to, you've, I think you've got to take it seriously and see how far you can get because, you know, a, a day out at Wembley is a day out at Wembley and, yeah. um, you know, it's a good occasion for the club and it's, um, and of course, the reason why Yeovil take it seriously and why Darren Way has been such a supporter of it is the amount of money it can um, generate in prize money which of course has helped the club, no doubt, along with the, um, the FA Cup runner they had. So 
I, I understand why the, why the club have taken it seriously, mm. and um, I think it's a really um, it's a really good touch as well to bring down the ticket prices because mm. this is the fifth game in a row at home that Yeovil will have had. So you can imagine that a lot of fans may have been put off by that, may not have the money to be able to afford it. Of course, checker trade attendances have been quite a way off other competitions. Um, this season as well, so um, I think it's a really good good move to try and get as many people into the ground as possible, and um, hopefully we'll see a good performance to go with that as well. Mm. And yeah. it's striking a balance, I suppose, isn't it? Because Downway may well rotate his side a bit, I yeah. suppose, the rest of the league. But at the same time, it'd be really good to maintain winning momentum. Well, you say rotation, but of course, the one big thing that goes along with this rotation tonight is that Otis Khan can play because obviously he's in the middle of a five-game ban for the red card oh. against Chesterfield, oh, yes. but. He's available tonight and, because we check a trade trophy, the disciplinary rules yeah. are separate to that of the league. Um, so I do apologise for not think, mentioning, obviously, one of the yeah. biggest coups of the transfer window for yeah. was probably keeping Otis Khan, which may well have you know, been helped by the fact that he picked up that long ban, I suppose, and made it less Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how much of an impact that might have made. There were teams <laughs> still interested in him. I know of at least three clubs that made concrete offers for him. Um, of course, the one that was the very that came in were from the south, and he just wanted to go back up north. But I think I think that's part off. of it. I don't know for definite, but I mean, he's, he's he has expressed a desire to move back up to Manchester, where he's mm. from. And um, of course, for one club that you know have gone public and saying that they wanted him were Bristol Rovers. And um, I think if you look at Bristol Rovers as a club, you know, it's, is it really the sort of club that if you really want to progress your career, do you want to be going there? I'd say that you know they're they're a mid to lower league. You know, table league. Sorry, they're a mid to lower table um, league one side. Yeah. And um, I think if um, if you're Otis Khan, I think if you continue to play the way that you have been this season, you could end the season with 15 goals, 15 assists, and I reckon mm. you'll get interest potentially from the championship in the summer. Yeah. So I think it's um, I think it's probably well worth if you're in his position to just wait it out until the summer, continue playing well. He, he knows he's going to get game time at Yeovil. He's you know he knows he's the pretty much the main man there and that the team you know will be built in large part around him and um, it's a really good opportunity for him because you know I, I personally you know as a, as a fan as well as a reporter I, I, could, I wouldn't knock you know knock him feeling a championship move I think he deserves that I think he's mm. a really really talented player he's one of the most talented players that, that Yeovil had for many years yes what happened against Chesterfield was a, a big mistake on his part and he, you know you know no doubt you know he fully regrets what happened there but I think for for Yeovil to have him for the rest of the season, I think it's a really, really good thing for the club. And um, I'm sure that when he comes back from his ban in terms of the league, um, in terms of league action, I think you know he'll be he'll be re-energised and um, he'll have a really good end of the season. Yeah, and then he'll so, get that move that he does deserve yeah. in the summer. So, I was so going to say as well. Um, I think I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but I think you'll chance a, a cracking transfer. Transfer window. They haven't mm. lost any players. I, I don't think. Well, they lost. Um, they lost the lone players. Well, we lost. But, we, you lost lone players, but there I was think no. That was expected. Yeah, yeah. There was concern over Sam Surridge because Bournemouth yeah. had a recall clause until the end of the window, and yeah. there was a little bit of concern and that yeah, Bournemouth may do yeah, that, when, especially because Ophobia and Grabham were, you know, yeah. were moving as well. But thankfully, you know, Bournemouth decided to keep to, to let him stay here, yeah. and um, that's really good because he's done well. Um, and of course, Omar Swimley, there was interest um, in him from mm. uh, from another League Two side, and um, <coughs> he's uh, you know again a, re- a player who really has improved this season, and he's um, really um, really talented, and he's you know he's made a really really big impression this season. So you know that again is really good and positive for you able to keep him at the club. Yeah. Um, I, I think another you know reason why the club were so keen to keep um, Omar was that. Um, 
he's out of contract in the summer because he's under 24. As long as you overoffer him a new deal and he goes, then they can still get um, they'll get compensation for him at tribunal, which probably you know would probably even have surpassed what another club may have offered for oh, him right. in January. Yeah, so, right. you know, I think it's a really good move from Yeovil to keep him around. He, he, no doubt, if he continues the form that he's been in this season, you know, will ha- continue to, you know, have a strong campaign. And um, again, in the summer, hopefully, you know, Yeovil, because they want him to stay, can persuade him to sign a new deal. But if not, then I think there'll be a good amount of money that they'll get for him at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So another a, a transfer-related tangent there, but a worthwhile one. Uh, back to the, I yeah. guess the Fleetwood thing then. So we think Carm will play because I'll be amazed because, if he doesn't uh, play because, because the band yeah. doesn't apply. Yeah, and also it's a good chance for him to keep match fit yeah. as well. So he's who, could, been, who could drop out from the normal league? Team? I I expect that um, Alex Fisher will probably start. He's um, he's eligible to play um, uh, given he scored. I would guess that Francois Zoko may well drop out get to, get, to get a rest. Yeah. Um, it's a good opportunity as well to rotate some of the defence. So give the likes of Ryan Dixon and Nathan Smith a rest. Bring in um, guys like um, Corey Whelan, who signed on loan from Liverpool, and um, you know he's looked quite solid in the games that he's played. Yeah. Um, also, um, off the top of my head, I think Sean Donnellan may be eligible. He may be ineligible actually. Mm. I know for a fact that um, obviously Lewis Wing and Ryan Seager they're cup tied because they've played in the competition for their parent clubs already this season. But um, of course, Jared Bird can come back in and um, Connor Smith can come back in in midfield as well. So mm. there are options. And this is what's so pleasing about the depth that Yeovil have built into their squad in recent games. But, um, of course, they've now got 24 first-team players, I think. And that's a position they've not been in for a while. And it means that there are now good players genuinely being left on the bench. And in some cases, because Connor Smith's not a bad player at all, he was left out of the squad mm. on Saturday. And... Um, it's good that Downway now has a real selection headache that he has to face every week because, you know, the stronger the competition in the squad, the, the more determined the player is going to be, the more motivated they're yeah. going to be to perform. And um, it gives everybody that opportunity to really have to fight for their place. And um, that can only be a good thing when, it, when you look at how that can affect the team on the pitch. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to dwell on the Fleetwood match too much, just in case uh, our listeners are, are listening to this after after the check trade tie. But but a good opportun- opportunity to test Stephen's predictions if you ha- if yeah. you are listening to it after the match. And uh, do bear in mind that Stephen will have all the, the follow up reaction f- from that from that match on, on the website as well as Somerset Live website. So looking ahead to Saturday, and we've already mentioned it's a, a crucial six pointer away at mm. Crew in the league. I just wanted to finish really with our usual round of. Uh, uh, predictions for the score so I'll start with you Mike uh, where, where I was going to say you want yeah, to go first because yeah, no. I was thinking as well no um, no I think I'll start with you I think, I think um, I'll start with you oh, I'll be a tight one I hope they do one you yeah, are we talking Fleetwood or Crew? Sorry, this is a crew, crew now. Okay. Crew. Um, oh, Crew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah sure. Two, two one. I'll go for that. I was going to go for yeah. the Fleetwood game, but no, we're only predicting the Crew game here. <laughs> okay. Go, yeah. Two one. Um, uh, yeah, <sighs> I think it's a game we've got a good chance, and they've got a very good record against Crew in recent times. They've beaten them the last three times they've played them. They were the only team that Yeovil did the double against last season, so they can they can become the only team they've done the double against. This season, um, the way that Crew play, um, it went, the, way, the way they set up and played against Yeovil at Hewish Park earlier in the season really played into Yeovil's hands because they tried to take the game to Yeovil and then they were picked off. So if they try to play that way again, I can see Yeovil getting chances. So I'm going to go for a three-one Yeovil win. Oh, I was going to go three-one Yeovil. Oh, wow. So yeah, well, there's a unanimous uh, round of predictions in Yeovil's favour there. I do have to say. 
if you're listening, the bad news is that, I, I mean, this is going to sound rather random if you're just tuning into a football podcast, but we had a lot of insects in the office earlier from a local event called Bugfest. And one of the cockroaches from that, we, we got them to we got him to, oh, yeah, we got him to predict who would win, crew or Yeovil. So we had a we had a bit bit of bit, big paper on the table. So you've tried to pull the octopus. If the co- thing, yeah, so yeah. if if the cockroach went towards crew, crew were going to win. If the cockroach went towards Yeovil, yeah. Yeovil going to win. I'm, I'm sorry to say the cockroach did a beeline for crew. So it looks like crew. So you know are that's an anecdote. I might just cut out for final yeah, recording here. Yeah, I think I mean, it's far so too negative. If the, if the octopus, animal, insect predicting, sporting fixtures <laughs> thing has any truth in it at all, Yeovil don't stand a chance this well, weekend. But let's hope that all three of us predicting over win are more are more intelligent than a cockroach. Yeah, let's um, prove a cockroach wrong. Yeah, let's prove that. Well, on that, that bombshell. If, <laughs> if, if Yeovil lose, then all complaints of a cockroach are not us because, you know... That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep, so, you know, do put your postcards into the cockroach, which is, I believe... Oh, I've already forgotten it. Oh, nut job the cockroach is what I'm told he was called. It's a bit, bit of a strange name. I thought he didn't name, name his uh, animals. Yeah, but apparently this cockroach did have a name. All right, well, thank you very much, to, to, as always, uh, for listening to Glover's Talk. Uh, and as always, do remember that you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Audio, Audio Boom and go to somersetlive.co.uk forward slash sport for all of Stephen's coverage of Yeovil's travails this season, but also their successes. Uh, right, see you next time. Ben jij prijsbewust? Nu extra MB's bij Mijn Sim Only. Voor 12,50 per maand, onbeperkte minuten of sms'jes en 3500 MB 4G internet tijdens de Ben Prijsbewust Weken. Kijk op ben.nl.